Welcome to Sunburnt Country Music, interviews with Australian country music artists. My name is Sophie and I have been interviewing Australian country music artists for over a decade and I still love it. I love their stories, I love their insights and I love their music. So I hope you enjoy hearing from them on this podcast. Nathan Lamont grew up around Wagga Wagga in New South Wales and has been a performer for several years, appearing on The Voice twice, as well as twice being a Toyota star maker grand finalist. He has now released a lovely single with his lovely voice called Drink You Up, and I'm very keen to talk to him about all of that. Hello, Nathan. Hey, Sophie. How are you going? I'm very well, thank you. And yes, God, you are such a lovely singer. I'll get to that song, though, because I'm going to start with uh, competitions, because clearly you are not afraid of competitions. You've been on The Voice You've been on Star Maker. What do you like about competitions? Um, I think I've always just been a little bit competitive. I, I, I'm, I'm a competitive person by nature, so any any chance to to you know go up against someone, I think it just drives me. I don't know. I think you know, growing up in the Talent Quest circuit uh, really did that to me. I, I kind of I grew, I grew used to the feeling of competing and. Um, that's kind of where I started was was in Talent Quest, you know, as early as nine years of age. So I think I was just used to the the nerves that come along with competing and um and you know, not not that I kind of, you know, I, I don't do it to 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 win, but I think that winning's just the cherry on top, really, isn't it? Um and yeah, growing up, you know, doing the whole talent quest circuit, I think it instilled a lot of confidence and um, you know, validation in what I was doing, you know, going up against someone and you know, whether I came out on top or not, you know, I think I just really enjoyed the uh, the process, yeah. It sounds like you're competitive with yourself, first and foremost. More than anything, yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. You know, and it's, it's music's very subjective too. So I think, um, you know, growing up, um, a lot of my confidence did, did come from winning, but as I grew older and matured a lot more, I, I learned to appreciate um, just how everyone's different and, and we've all got our own strengths and, um, you know, but yeah, I definitely compete. In, up here more so than than with any anyone else um, with myself yeah hundred <laughs> percent. Do you feel like competitions give you like a, sort of like a concentrated opportunity to sharpen your skills? I guess because you're seeing what else is around and you are competing mm-hmm. with yourself, so it's like this is like a hot house environment to really accelerate those skills. That if you were at home practicing without seeing what other people are doing, without there being a competition on the line, you may not have pushed yourself the same amount. Yeah, I, I think so. I think the feedback as well, like that I got growing up, you know, competing um, in Talent Quest. So I, I think that's that's what really developed my 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 skill and my my performance. I think um, I wouldn't have had that feedback if I just stuck to singing in my bedroom. So getting out there and getting in front of the judges and the audience, I think the feedback, even just the feedback from the audience, you know, like you know the smiles on their faces or perhaps the you know. The disgruntled looks not that I ever saw any disgruntled people but uh but thankfully um uh, but you know I think that was just a really um yeah like a self-validating self self-assuring kind of process and mm-hmm. um and it did it helped me like as I you know went uh from you know talent quest to talent quest you know all of them being country music talent quests I think um just the exposure and the networking as well you know you, you meet so many different artists and I've been blessed to through that process growing up to to have some great um you know great connections with artists in in the Australian country music scene that I wouldn't have had otherwise you know and uh, I think that that's also been a kind of a a secondary um you know benefit from from that process yeah yeah so were they were you entering country music talent quest because that spot was available or were you actually keen on country music and that's why you wanted to go into those 
I grew up I grew up listening to country music. I think for me, like country music was was you know um, something that I was just exposed to from day dot. You know, my mum, my my family, they were all country music singers. Um, my stepmom Millie, who pretty much developed my talent, she ran her own country music talent quest in Leeton, so I would enter that every year. Uh, I think it was just yeah what I was immersed with and and um, all of my influences growing up. You know, the likes of Garth Brooks and Lee Kernighan and you know, Alan Jackson and and also the traditional, um, you know, more um, traditional um, stars like, you know, Slim Dusty and Patsy Cline and, you know, all of these, you know, um, amazing country music legends. You know, I think I was just um, singing their songs and just grew a passion for, for the music of country music. And um, that's that's really where it stems. And, um, yeah, it just so happened that I think there were a lot more talent quests out there that are country related. So I think that those opportunities to enter those talent quests and, you know, they, they were far greater than, than perhaps talent quests that aren't country music specific. Yeah. I often find uh, when talking to artists like you who have been doing talent quests from a young age, it's kind of like you had a kid job. So because you're working so hard running around, because, you know, being a musician, there's a lot of practice involved in everything, but also going to those talent quests, it's kind of like you are working, um, to working yeah. as an artist. Yeah, absolutely. I think, like, I was spending, you know, weeks upon weeks ahead of a, time, a talent quest, you know, preparing my songs and, and, and acting out my performance and, you um, Pulling, you know, like I suppose if you were to relate it to a working muso, um, it's pulling a show together, you know, mm. and preparing for, um, you know, what you're going to say and how you're going to, you know, sort of relate to the audience, how you're going to convey emotion, all those things. I'd just sing in front of a mirror and, um, you know, be in my bedroom just jamming out and pretending like I was on stage. I think that really prepared me and, um as I got older, I think it, uh, you know, it also helped me cope with the nerves that come with performing because mm. they're always there. I still get nervous. Um, and it, I think it's just about how you kind of cope with those nerves that really um, can make or break you. So, yeah, I think that that was all um, good preparation for me being a gigging muse as an adult because, like I said, the nerves are just, they're still there every time I perform, um, which is, I think, stems from, you know, wanting to entertain and wanting to please an audience and wanting to, um, you know, put my best foot forward and, and, and get a good feedback from the audience. Mm -hmm. Did you have some favourite songs that you used to perform that perhaps you still perform? I think I, I, I probably don't perform them anymore just because I probably sang, sang <laughs> them out of my, you know, yeah. um, conscious. But uh, I think, you know, the songs that I gravitated towards, or at least that I did well in Talent Quest when I was younger, uh, If Tomorrow Never Comes, Garth Brooks, um, When You Say Nothing At All. <laughs> I think uh, Amazing Grace and like Old Rugged Cross as well was another one. Um, and uh, like Your Cheating Heart, like there were, there were a whole bunch that I that I would perform uh, on rotation depending on the the, the, the talent quest. Uh, I'm trying to think of the wings of a dove. Like there were so many. Like you know, obviously these are old, these are old kind of country <laughs> classics. But um, yeah, like there there were definitely a few that I that I did well with. I think and um, if tomorrow never comes was probably my my favorite if I had to go to. Right. Um, but yeah, no, it, it's funny. I've not even thought about that. But a lot of those songs I, I haven't performed in. 10, 12, maybe even 15 years. So it's a good question. I bet the muscle memory's there, though, and if someone started up a backing track, you'd be there. <laughs> backing tracks, yeah, yeah. Well, especially when I wasn't playing guitar, backing tracks were the go-to. But now, like, it's 
it's it's it's so different like um I remember having to work really hard on, on sourcing backing tracks, but now, of course, you can just go on YouTube and find them. Yeah. So the whole, the whole, um, the resources that you've got ac access to these days are far greater too. Like I had to like sit, sit down and, you know, try and make out the words to songs. Now you can just Google, mm -hmm. you know, Google the lyrics, you know, so, and, and often I would probably get the words wrong in my songs. So, um yeah it's it's crazy how how things have changed but you know I, I do, and you know growing up I didn't have access to a computer and things like that at my age um even when you know computers were around I, I, we, we just didn't have the money so I would have to work pretty hard to try and get get things together for for performing but I, you know appreciate those moments now because it, it's given me kind of the, the work ethic that you need in, in the music mm -hmm. industry yeah, and also you would have got to know those songs inside out, I would imagine. Um, now, you also appeared on Young Talent Time. Can you remember which song you sang for that? Uh, yes, I, I can actually. It wasn't a country tune. It was um, it was a Thirsty Merc song, funny enough, um, 20 Good Reasons. Uh, that was um, about, yeah, when I was 18, I was kind of going through a process of um, self-discovery as to, you know, what direction I wanted, wanted to head in um, as an artist and, and, and a process that I would take for, you know, a very long, it would take a very long time, you know, only recently have I kind of really steered back into um, my roots, which, you know, mm. of course, country music, because huh. I, I think I've struggled particularly with my voice because I've got such a, um, what I would describe a versatile voice I think I've struggled for a very long time growing up um, after I did the country circuit, um, Talent Quest circuit. I think I struggled finding finding a sound that I was happy with, um, finding, you know, through my writing, of course, and um, I think I struggled to really identify and, and to um, not pigeonhole myself but put myself into a position where people could understand the type of artist that I am and because every mm. song that I would write every song that I would write would en end up sounding completely different I'd write a country song that I'd write a like a I don't know like a it's hard to describe but like a poppier kind of uh, alternative sounding song so I, I think I, I didn't want to put out music until I was really settled on who I wanted to you know be as an artist and mm. that's that that's probably what has taken me the longest to to get my you know music out into the world and to really um start pushing my 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 sound and, and who I am as, a, as an artist so yeah it was it was a long haul <laughs> for me anyway because you have a great song um that you've released but uh, at what age did you start writing songs you know I was encouraged to write from a very early age well what I would describe an early age I wish I had started started earlier but I think I started writing around 14 15 um you know in hindsight the, they were terrible songs but you know I think you have to start you have to start pretty early to get good by the time you're you know 20 25 30 so I'm glad I started then um and I you know I didn't spend enough time though I think writing I think I, I wish I had spent a lot more time through my um late teens early 20s like you know just um forming um forming a sound and fight you know because i think the, the the way in which i've discovered myself in the past 12 months is through writing and, and actually um dedicating time and and focus towards um honing you know my my songwriting because um it's like a muscle you know you know it's like a muscle you need to kind of flex it to get stronger and um 
and the more I've, I've written over the past 12 months, the, the better I've gotten at, at, um, at writing, you know, and, and that I think, I'm sure that songwriters can speak to that and would agree with that. Um, and so I'm still early on the journey of songwriting um, because it's not something that I've actually dedicated a lot of time to in my 20s, you know. Uh, I've definitely written a lot of half-baked songs, um, but I really struggled with writer's block and really struggled to kind of finish a song for a very long time until I sat down and um, at the beginning of this year in particular and really started focusing on, um, you know, on on taking myself serious and my songwriting serious. So, um, yeah, it's been a, a been a process of self-discovery and, and it wasn't until I actually sat down and, and set out some goals um in my writing and and what i wanted to achieve in the in you know within a 12-month period that i actually started to to you know kick some of those goals and um and achieve what i've achieved so i'm very thankful that i actually had that that moment of clarity and you know self-realization that this is what i want to do with my life and um i didn't want to waste any more time not writing and not not recording and not releasing yeah was there a catalyst for that moment? Because you said it's the past 12 months and the, that you sat down and started writing more. So it sounds like there was a point at which you made a decision. Like this is, this, and, and as you said, clarity. So, yeah, I'm curious about what prompted it. Uh, yeah, good question. I think um, for me, the, the moment that I, I think I, I realised that I, I, I really was ignoring some uh, suppressed, you know, passions, was you know watching everything coming out of the Tamworth Country Music Festival at the beginning of the, of the year. I was um, you know with live streaming these days, you know you get to um, keep up to date even when you're not you know there at the festival as to all the music that's coming out of the festival. And and I think it was just being subjected to everything coming out of the festival um, this year, uh, all of the live performances that kind of reignited the the, the desire to get back up on stage. Um, you know, as a country music artist, and to um, and to to also release my music and have something that people can can, you know, appreciate of my own. Uh, I've been gigging for the past, you know, however long. I've I've been I haven't stopped gigging at all. I've been doing weddings, corporate gigs, and pub gigs, and I think I just grew tired of singing other people's songs. You know, and I you know I was hearing all the brilliant music, like I said, coming out of the festival and. I think it was it just kind of happened. I, I just realized, you know what, I need to sit down and start writing. So I reached out to a mate of mine, Robbie Mortimer, and um, we started doing some co-writing. And I started reaching out just to different people on on um, on Instagram, you know, just just DMing them and saying, "Hey, look, I'm really keen to co-write. Are you are you free?" And you know, and the process just kind of grew from there, and the networks just kind of expanded from there as well. And um, you know, but I've put in a lot of hard work too. I think that, you know, I just, I was spending my time doing other things, raising two kids, working, uh, you know, a government job that was really demanding at the time that I depleted my energy through doing. And, you know, I'd come home at the end of the day and just didn't have any, any energy to, to, to mm. write. So for so long, I was just distracted with other things. And, and for me, I just wanted to, um, you know, spend the next 10, 10 to 20 years of my life doing, doing what I, what I set out to do in my early twenties. And, uh, couldn't ignore that passion anymore. I think it was just there, but I just been suppressing it, like I said, and and you know, finding ways to distract myself or trick myself into thinking that I, that's not what I want to do. But yeah. Um, yeah, I think turning thirty was a big big moment for me in March, and and realizing you know life is short, so I need to get into it. But while I've still got the chance, 
Yeah. We should point out that your government job is actually as a child protection caseworker. So it's no surprise that actually you did not have energy for other things, but also I imagine that that did influence your worldview that, you know, life is short things think you need to get a move on with things that there aren't necessarily always opportunities to do the things you want to do. Cause I imagine you've seen quite a lot of children who haven't, who already don't have opportunities in their lives. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you know, I was a kid in care myself, you know, between the ages of one and five, I was in and out of care for most of the time. You know, I wasn't with my with my mother. Um, so I, I had a, you know, firsthand appreciation and, and, and real world, world kind of experience and perspective on what it's like to be a child in care. Um, you know, so for me, like I when I went into that position, I, I set out with, with every intention to try and relate to children and 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 have them not feel like they're you know the only ones that have experienced what they've experienced and to go through what they're going through alone you know so I think um whilst I um I invested a lot of time and, and focus in in that it also it, it did kind of get in the way of my music um sadly as a result of investing that emotional energy into mm. the job so um you know I think I just burnt myself out you know working there for seven years um and realized I'd let a lot of time passed through helping, you know, these young people and families. Um, I, I didn't really spend a lot of time working on myself. <laughs> so, and I had a lot of unaddressed trauma that, that were, was re-triggered, you know, through working there. So I think I got to the end of it and realised, you know, if I, if I continue down this road, then I, I don't think I'm going to be useful to my own family or myself. And um, I think, you know, hitting the, hitting the 30, age of 30 this year, I realised, you know, it, it just kind of, it, it's not that I ever didn't realize life is short, but I think it just um, the, the 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 time was passing so quickly. I realized that I'd perhaps missed opportunities that I could have created for myself through not pursuing mm. music, and I just didn't want to spend any more time not doing that. I, I think you know I, I didn't want to live with regret, which I've already got, which I already hold, you know. So not to dwell on that. I think it fuels me now. It, it kind of I'm I'm appreciative that I've got the drive now that I didn't have. Um, in my 20s through other distractions but you know it's given me um, this sense of determination now that I just didn't have then and mm -hmm. for me I, I appreciate that because you know if, if that's what it took for me to get to this point and to to have that self-realization like that's what I'll carry with me for the rest of my life and that's what's going to continue to push me for the rest of my yeah. life so you know I think that I've got I've definitely got what it takes in terms of um, experience and 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 passion it's just now, you know, give, give, gifting that off to the audience and hopefully that that can resonate with them. Yeah, and it's it's also uh, some of us never reach the point in our lives where we realise what we what we want to do. You know, we might might keep working the job that that is not filling us up in any sort of way. It's paying the bills. It's rewarding in some sense, but we know that there's this nagging thing, as you said, these suppressed passions. It is a huge risk to work with those and and I don't want to say give in to them because that implies that there's something bad about them. But sometimes people might feel like those those passions will take them over and they don't necessarily know where their lives will go. So I think it's just to acknowledge it is a it is a big deal. It's but it's a it's one you've done thoughtfully. It's something you're going into thoughtfully. Um so yeah, I think it's fantastic. Yeah. It's a risk. Yeah. Like you said, like it, it's definitely a huge risk in doing that. But you know, I, I and I've got people that count on me. I've got the family that 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 I'm responsible for and you know providing for. So that's a massive risk, and I'm sure other musos can relate to. I'm not the only you know country um, you know musician with with a family. Um, 
I think, though, you know, like I said before, if I continued down that path, I wouldn't have been any help to my family because I just would have been living a lie, you know, would have been living uh, a life that I was discontent with. And I, I'm sure that um, more destructive behaviours would have, you know, um, kind of self-destructing behaviours would have come through. And I just didn't want to get to that point where I started to self-destruct as a result of living a life of regret. And, and it wasn't, it just wasn't something I could ignore anymore. And I think that now, you know, doing what I'm doing, I'm uh, in a much happier place. And I think I'm a, a lot more of a, like a more attentive father and, um, and, but the risks are still there and, and, but I'm used to coming from nothing. So, you know, losing everything um, for me, obviously with the exception of my children and family, like they, they come first, but losing everything else for me is neither here or there when you've come from nothing. So um, you've just got everything to gain really when, when you, when you take a risk uh, and you, and you've not really got anything that you potentially have to lose really um, with exception to my family. So <laughs> <laughs> I do want to put that it's also, yeah. I mean, well, yeah, what you're, what you're showing your children is dedication to a new path and really applying yourself to it. And it's also the case that art can help so many people in, in ways different to to what your day job used to be, but you'll never know as an artist how many people will be helped by the work you do who might see you on stage and you make their day better because they've had a great experience or the song means something to them. So I think it is part of the it's part of the, the bind of an artist actually that you will never know the full extent of the people you reach with your work, but that's that is ahead of you too because you're going to create more music. Um, I am going to ask you about Drink You Up, such a great song. What was the inspiration behind it? Well, it started out fairly, um, you know, non non prescriptive in terms of the actual meaning. Like, I, I was, I think, I, I think I was in the kitchen at the time cooking or something, and I was just, you know, thinking of songwriting ideas, just thinking of lyric ideas and melody ideas, and um, you know, I was just humming and and kind of, you know, just through it throughout the words, drink you up over this melody over the hook. I'm like, oh, that sounds pretty, you know, catchy. Because, like, for me, I'm driven by melody. I'm, I, I've got a hundred melodies swirling around in my head a day. Um, mm. The hardest part is attaching the lyric that that kind of is cohesive with the melody, you know, and then kind of, you know, gives people a hook that they can kind of sink their teeth into. So that's what came first, and then, you know, obviously where that goes from there, I, I had to put in a little bit of work. So I, you know, came into the bedroom here and sat down and just started playing around like what can drink you up mean and um obviously the more i thought about it the the words you know in the in the verses in particular just started to flow um and you know the inspiration being my wife and wanting to spend more time with her and the fact that we are both parents and we're both working um you know nine to five jobs and we're we're doing our best to you know get time with one another but it often doesn't happen so uh, drink you up just became a met metaphor for that just wanting to you know soak in every opportunity that I can with my wife and um, you know it, it is a little bit cheeky and and you know that that's fine because I think there's there's plenty of country music songs out there that are a bit cheeky in nature so it was just a metaphor really but you know you can take it however you want it's um, just wanting to uh, yeah get every get get the most out of every moment I can with my wife and 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 I do say in the song as well that you know whenever I'm at work and you're at, um, whenever I'm at um, whenever you're at work and I'm at home I call you on the phone and tell you that I feel alone like you know those those words are true you know I think there's there's plenty of times where I just call my wife for the sake of hearing her voice because we've just not spoken with each other and how many hours or days at times so yeah it was just a 
bit of a um, tribute to my wife and, yeah, missing her. And there's nothing wrong with a bit of cheek. I think we all <laughs> had a bit of cheek. <laughs> but I'm wondering because you mentioned doing quite a few co-writes, was this one that you, you wrote with someone else or was it solo? Actually, no, it wasn't. It wasn't. I, 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 I penned this this song, and it was probably the quickest song I've ever written. Um, and 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 this and the only song at the moment that I've really written by myself, because a lot of my other songs have been co-written. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll often sit down, write, you know, three quarters of a song, and then I'll, you know, I'll sit in the room with Robbie, you know, or someone else, and go, "What do you think of this? What can we add to it?" And then it becomes a co-write. Um, but a lot of the stuff that I've been writing and then I'm, that I'll be putting out kind of stem from ideas that I've come up with that are then just further expanded on um, through through co-writes. So, um, and that's often the case as well with I think a lot of other artists. I mean, there are a few occasions where you sit down and write from scratch, and that that, that I, f- I find that's great. Um, but this song in particular was just one that I I figured that I would take eventually to a co-write. But mm. I ended up finishing it and I was super happy with it as it was. So actually, no, I didn't finish it entirely. I actually got to the studio to record it uh, with with uh, my producer, Alex Mather, who's a phenomenal artist within his own right. And I was struggling to come up with a bridge and I just kind of, as he was producing the, the music, um, I think I was writing the bridge. So uh, it was just lucky that I ended up finishing it in the studio, ready for it to be recorded. So, yeah, it mm. was... Uh, it was one of those things that just kind of happened and, and um, yeah, I was very proud of it because, you know, I had, I'd struggled for a very long time to finish a song mm-hmm. on my own accord. And uh, I think that's probably why I released it first because it was a song that I was super proud of and uh, it was a song that I'd r- written entirely and, um, and, and it was, you know, about my wife. So I mm-hmm. felt like it was a good, a good opening song for me as an artist. And uh, I feel like, you know, that, that kind of translated in, in the, the, the result, the end outcome. Yeah. And you mentioned that you have about 100 melodies running through your head every day. Do you actually record them? Like, do you use the voice notes thing and record them? Or do you just tend to let them marinate in your brain? <laughs> no, I, I definitely record them because I've, there's been moments and I'm sure, I'm sure other artists can relate where they, they have a melody. But like, oh, that's such a great melody. I'll remember that. And yeah. uh, the next day you've completely lost it. So, and it's gone forever. So I, uh, I, I, I have a hundred, I, uh, thousands of recordings on my right. phone that I have to go through and just because if I sit down and want to write a song you know I've got I've got I've got plenty to choose from as to where I can you know um at least I'm not starting from complete scratch I've got plenty of hooks and, and ideas that that I can sift through um and even take to people oh here's this hook idea what do you think about that? oh no you know, we, we could find a better one so yeah I've got I've got I, I mean, so much so that I've had to start titling them because I, you know, there's just thousands, uh, you know, listed as new recording three seven nine or something like that. So yeah, right. it takes you hours just to get through them all. But yeah, I, I record every single one just in case I, I lose it uh, by the time I have the chance to sit down and start writing. Yeah. So I'm curious if you would now consider yourself a songwriter first and foremost, or a singer first and foremost. Um, I've just, I just consider myself both. I, I think, um, you know, I, I, yeah, that's a good question. I haven't really thought about that. I, I would I would consider myself a singer first and foremost because that's what I've been doing for God knows how long. Um, and then, you know, a songwriter secondary to that. Um, but, I yeah, I think, you know, the more I release, the, the more I'll, I'll probably um, consider myself a songwriter. I, I've got plenty of... Um, 
I've got plenty of, you know, inspiration and passion in just day-to-day life. And I've got a lot of, you know, experience that I can draw on. So I definitely um, consider myself a songwriter, almost on par, but probably just a singer, um, mm. maybe just a little bit more so, yeah. Well, and on the recording of Drink You Up, your vocals are layered so beautifully um, in that. And it sounds like in listening to it that you really enjoyed the process. Like there's a, there was a, like a kind of a lift in your voice. So I thought, oh, it sounds like you've had fun in the studio. Yeah, look, I I think for me, um, the studio is, um, for you know, in my experience in the studio, like I, I, I did have some experience in my younger years, which um, I struggled with. I struggled uh, and I think, you know, perhaps it's something that that every artist goes through is just hearing them their voice back and going, mm-hmm. oh, is that what I sound like. It took me a while to get used to how my voice sounded and and to be okay with how it sounds because you know you're used to hearing it behind you know your face. So um, <laughs> when you hear it back, it's completely different, and that threw me off in my early years, I think. And and having the ability to actually record in a way that you know conveys emotion and communicates the meaning and the message of the song, I struggled in my early years. So I was quite nervous going into this year and recording all of these tunes that I've been recording, uh, just because I wasn't sure how I would how I would go, you know, how my voice mm. would sound, whether it would sound decent. Um, you know, but when I when I went through the process of recording Drink You Up, I was actually really pleasantly surprised at, at how it was sounding. I'm not sure if it was just Alex's magic and he wave, wave his magic wand or what, what it was, but I was for the first time, yeah, in my life, I was really happy with just how my voice sounded, and um, and it's fun, you know. I I've, I I can kind of pick out harmonies and just sing them. So all of the harmonies that you hear on the song are all my voice, and uh, you know, I have so much fun just layering harmony on harmony on harmony and singing the the higher notes at the end and building building the dynamics of the song. Like that's all that's all second nature for me. Like I mm-hmm. I think it was you know, being in choir, you know, when I was a younger boy, that really helped me being able to do that. So um, that's probably for me the funnest um, part is, yeah, is thickening, you know, the song out and making it sound like there's a whole chorus of people behind you. Um, yeah. And and that's when I, when I wrote the song, I think that the ability to actually hear that, you know, in your head anyway, like yeah. how it would sound in the production helped shape the song as well, like those those drink you ups, chorusy drink you ups, uh, just after the first chorus, mm-hmm. um, you know, all of that was kind of swirling around in my mind, going, oh, "I could do that there," and, and it kind of helped structure the song. So, yeah, having having the ability to 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 hear those things in your head can definitely help when it comes time to recording it, because you know, when we recorded it, we we had like a day um, to do it, and um, it took quite a lot of time to layer all those yeah. vocals. Of one another so unless you can really hear those things you could spend days trying to figure that figure that out so yeah no yeah. I've done really really well but I'm also reflecting on the fact that all that work you did as a kid it's great it's so cool like it's all coming to fruition so all the you know all that knowledge you had because you just mentioned choir which I didn't know about you so you're in choir you were doing all those talent quests you basically as I said working really hard as a kid and you've laid all those foundations which now mean that you can become an artist that you want to be. So it's it's just this lovely arc, it seems, in your life where you set that then and then you've made this decision at the age of 30 that that's what you're coming back to and it's just all there waiting for you to draw on. So my question, I guess, now is what's next for you? Are you going to Tamworth, for example? Yeah, I've got, I'm definitely going to Tamworth. So um, I, I have a few things that I'll be... Um, a few shows that I'll be performing in Tamworth that I, that I can't quite announce at this stage. Um, 
but stay tuned because they will come shortly. Um, and for me, um, even if I wasn't performing at Tamworth, I would have been going anyway because I just want I want the opportunity to go back up and just to meet you know new people and to you know just go and catch catch all the amazing artists that will be performing of course and to go to the awards and just to just to rub shoulders with everyone because um that's that's what i've missed the most is just the networking mm. so uh i'm really looking forward to that um uh, but i definitely will be performing as well so there'll be opportunities for people to come come and, and say hello and and to watch me sing um and uh after that i'll, I'll be releasing um my next single shortly after the, the Tamworth Country Music Festival, um, which is yeah, penned for around February. And I've got I've got four, five, six songs really that are ready to go for release. So um there's pretty much an EP's worth of, of music that I've got uh recorded and and you know I'm really excited to to release. So my plan is to to tour it um mid next year. So once I've um once I've released a few songs and people get kind of the taste for who I am as an artist and they've got a bit of a catalogue that they can listen to and come along and sing the words to. I think that, mm. that'll that be the moment for me to start actually touring and, and getting the opportunity to go out and say hello to everyone and, you know, any any fans that I can pick up along the way would be great. Yeah. yeah. Well, people can no doubt keep an eye on your social media and or website for those Tamworth dates um, and I'll certainly be looking forward to the new song when it comes out. I could talk, keep talking to you for ages, Nathan, because I'm sure there's more to discuss, but I'm, but I'm sure I'll talk to you again. So for this time, it was lovely to talk to you. Thanks for your time. Thanks very much, Sophie, for having me, and I appreciate the opportunity to come on and have a yarn and talk about the song. Thanks for listening to the Sunburnt Country Music Podcast. For more Australian country music interviews and reviews and other things, go to sunburntcountrymusic.com or to Sunburnt Country Music on Instagram, Facebook and TikTok.